Daily news, breaking updates, and exclusive podcasts. iTricks.com. Welcome back to another episode of the iTricks Magic Week in Review. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks. Uh, things happen. You wouldn't believe the things that happen to get people and hammer down schedules and stuff. And this time, a lot of it, I'll admit, was my fault. I had a, a death in the family, which, um, you know, inconvenienced everyone. So I hope you're happy, Grandma. But... <laughs> We're back. We're ready. And this guy, I think we first talked about doing a podcast like a year and a half ago. And finally he's on. He is the one and only, the minimalist with one name as far as I'm concerned, and that's Diddleman. Eric Diddleman, how are you? Hey, I'm good. Thanks for having me. I'm glad we can finally find a time to do this. Yes, I think, I think you know, every three years we should sit down and have a podcast. <laughs> We'll start planning it next week. Uh, first question, and the most pressing question I think that everyone has for you. How long after Howard Stern declared that you were simply Diddleman on America's Got Talent, for how long were people like just driving by you in the street yelling, Diddleman, out the window, <laughs> and maybe booing well, you? No, no, no mooning. Uh, no, that's just always been a part of my life, really. I mean, they just happened to pick up on that. Like, ever since I was little, like, we were called Diddle or Diddleman or whatever, just used our last name. So my brother came before me through school, so he was Diddleman and made a good reputation for me. And I just kind of continued it all through, you know, school and everything like that. And my friends called me that. And then they just made it public on air. So <laughs> it just continues to this day. Do, do people just, like, yell Diddleman at random at you? Uh, not so much anymore, just random strangers. I mean, a little bit after the after the show, it, it happened. But uh, but it's a memorable last name, and I always tell people uh, it is a funny last name, so that's why I went into comedy. <laughs> so There you go. It was forged right, right from birth. There you go. <laughs> exactly. Well, okay, that that's actually a fair question. How do you describe yourself? What what is your what you, you when you're filling out your taxes? <laughs> they ask for your occupation. Yeah. You know, is it minimalist? Is it comedian? Is it adult I entertainer? Just, I don't know. <laughs> no, I just go by entertainer. Really, uh, I don't think the government needs no specifics. Uh, I just kind of consider myself an entertainer, and I want to be more of a personality, so that you know. Uh, you're not just booking a mentalist or mind reader. I prefer the term mind reader, by the way. Uh, but uh, but yeah, no, it's just uh, I want them to you know look for a specific person, and I want them to want me for me rather than just oh I'm trying to fill a void of any mentalist, any mind reader, any comedian. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, you know, in my writer, I tell people to book, bill me as a mind reader, comedy mind reader, because uh, those are the terms I prefer, and uh, I like to kind of get that out there so that people know what they're getting and they're not getting a creepy I'm in your head type of mind reading show. <laughs> it's uh, very much my own personality that I bring to the show. Okay, okay. well that's you know you're the first I'm a mind reader. I'm going to make sure I get it right. Sure, uh, sure. That uh that I think that you know that I've had on the show that I've talked to that that, that that's their primary 
uh, gig. Did you start with that in mind, or did you start with the, you know, Pressman Magic Kit like everybody else? Or... <laughs> yeah, Cause, no, I, I cause, start. Yeah, well, go ahead. Well, because because at my age, like I said, I'm 43, so I you know, grew up in the seventies and definitely had that, like, this is the magic you learn. And then you graduate to become a professional and they give you tigers and dancing girls and giant <laughs> boxes. That's awesome. But part of that is because you didn't really see a lot of mind reading mentalism presented as entertainment. Kreskin was around, I guess, you know, I barely remember him. I love him now. He, I love him now, but I don't really remember him being around as a kid. What I remember is, Uri Geller, and I think a lot of magicians kind of backed away from the field when I was growing up. So so I'm really interested in like, how you guys today ended up getting into it. Sure, sure, sure. Well, I started as a lot, just to uh, a lot of young people getting involved in magic at a young age. Uh, I remember going to the library and checking out all the magic books. And I remember specifically, I think it was uh, Barnes & Noble or something, and I found the Mark Wilson Course of Magic. And I was like, it's the encyclopedia, and like begging my dad to buy it for me. Uh, and my dad was very encouraging as well. He... Um, he would go do trips to Vegas, business trips and stuff, and like bring me back little magic tricks from the you know the novelty shops and stuff there. Uh, but yeah, no, I was just uh, you know I wanted to be the Copperfield and just uh, you know. And then when Blaine came out, you know, it was like the whole new style of magic that was so fascinating. And so I just started doing all that stuff, and even did it through high school and college. But uh, college is where I made the major shift from just performing magic and i was fascinated by um mentalism just because of one the the elements of psychology that are in there um i do like how that kind of plays into uh how people perceive magic but also there's a there's an improv element that i love about magic or mentalism because i i was doing comedy and stand-up and improv uh ever since maybe middle school. And uh, it was just one of those separate paths that I went on. And uh, for me, I tended to hide behind a lot of the magic props that I was using and like the cards and stuff like that. And because my goal was just to be a personality and be me as much as possible, uh, mentalism, one, allowed me just to be myself on stage. Uh, You couldn't hide behind anything. But two, it incorporated that improv element and that stand-up kind of picture that I was picturing in my head of just being on stage and performing. And it just allowed me, you know, a freer interaction to um, interact and, you know, make stuff up on, on the fly. And, you know, every reveal is different and you can, you can approach it in different ways. So I just, I just loved that, that style of it. And that's what really drew me to it. You, you know, you can find a lot of that freedom, too, if you just uh, use your magic to cheat at cards and casinos. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> no, but, okay, I, that that makes sense to me. I, I can yeah. see that. Um, and so you have your Blaine, you have your Copperfield. Uh, as, as a mind reader, then, mm-hmm. who did you find as an influence? Yeah. Um, and and how, much, how much is... Well, I, mean, I got so many questions about this. This whole yeah, thing. So it's yeah. like it's like you know, I do nothing like that. If 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 it ever comes up, I'm pretty much reduced to like if a guy asks me if I can read their mind, I'm like, you're thinking of boobs. 
And, <laughs> and then if they say no, I go, but you are now. <laughs> right. And yeah. you're always right. Yeah. Uh, with with girls, uh, or if I'm being a little bit more serious, I mean, you know, there's there's a few stock card tricks you can do as predictions. And that's sure. kind of the extent of it as far as, as I go. When, when you got into it, like, how, how much of that is there's you know the stage hypnosis the nlp the there's just so like how do you weed through the crap <laughs> <laughs> that's always a a good question i mean uh I, there's a lot more of that that people uh, that mentalists like to lead on that there are <laughs> you know a lot of it's you know i do i do consider psychology be, to be a main part of it i know that some, some people like Penn and teller have been talking about whether that is necessarily true or not. But I, I, when I pitch my show to people, I'm very honest to them. I say, my show is a blend of magic and psychology, and my job is to blur that line in between so that you don't know which is happening which. Um, and, I, and I love that because uh, I mean, there's risks and there's you know, different strategies to take. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you how I kind of first got into it, I guess, is uh, you know, I followed what everyone says is like pick up Corinda and read 13 steps of mentalism. <laughs> and, and I tried that and it just wasn't for me at all at the time. It's just cause it's a little older book. It's antiquated. So then I was like, all right, well I'll try the other recommendations and started reading animate, you know, practical mental effects and all this stuff. And again, it's old. It's not really modern. It didn't really hit me. Um, so, I mean, I started learning some of the techniques, but would never perform, perform them and kind of gave up on it for a while. But the, uh, book that really sold it for me, um, was, uh, psychological subtleties. And I, I just loved, it was almost like doing it for real, but it's also because you take chances and there's that risk element and there's that improv element. And that's what really drew me to it. So, I want, I read all of I could could from Banachek after that, and he was a huge inspiration for me to get into uh, mentalism. And I went and sought him out. Uh, I took a couple workshops in Vegas uh, just to network. I uh, took one of Luke Germay's workshops when he was doing those when he was still living in the states, uh, and I met him and Banachek and you know Michael Weber and all these amazing amazing performers and thinkers in the field and uh many of them i'm really really close to to this day uh, i mean i still talk to banachek he's a close friend and you know I, I saw him uh doing the the supernatural show that he's in right now uh but uh yeah yeah he uh he was really the major reason i got into it and then i just started learning every wanting to learn everything i could about the field and uh and then the uh the next book that really spoke to me was uh, Bob Cassidy, and I went and found another lecture and workshop where I could meet Bob Cassidy, and uh, I met him, and he, again, he's, uh, he's probably the other mentor, I can say, who still is close to, to, the, to this day, and uh, I was just saw him at my invention, and we were hanging out at the bar, just talking, and uh, he's always been a big supporter of mine. And uh, yeah, I'm happy to call these people that I, you know, I wanted to learn the field from, and now they've become uh, not only mentors but friends, and it's uh, it's it's great position to be in. That, okay, so that all that all makes sense, and it gives people, I think, uh, some some places to start too, because it, it, like I said, if if you if you get the stray thought, you mm -hmm. know, um, hey, I'm I'm going to get into this. 
uh, like like any of the even if you're grounded in magic and you're like, hey, I'm gonna start doing ventriloquism too. Mm-hmm. There's a few books, there's a few, th- but there's not a lot, and they're all basically, hey, you have to learn how to talk without moving your lips. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's no getting around that. So you're like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. I know where you're going. when you when you look into into the whole mentalism field, it seems like like I said, you know, there's people that are talking in NLP and and psychology. There's the whole stage hypnosis kind of subgenre, which which I put in with with the mentalism. Maybe I shouldn't, but I, yeah, I, you probably should because I don't use any of that stuff. You, I, mean, you know, I, have I, I know who, but, who I, are I, just hypnotists and they they only do that. And uh, the the thing that worries me i mean and there's a lot of people who do this well but there's many who do not that they you know they're i'm a mentalist and hypnotist i'm a mentalist and magician and hypnotist and it's kind of muddying the field a little bit is where i want people to kind of specialize more in one rather than be a jack of all trades um i mean and there's people that this is not a catch-all there's people that really do it well i mean of course you know Darren's popularity when he came on the field. He started saying he did NLP and and uh, hypnosis, and he does a lot of that kind of stuff in his show. And he's since backtracked a little bit off the NLP stuff. Uh, but um, but I feel like it's just it just depends on how you want to portray your character and what your uh, set of claimed abilities are. Whether you're doing the psycho- uh, psychological approach that you know Banachek and Darren Brown have very much popularized, or if you want to you know present yourself more of a telepath or empath, there's so many different types of strategies. I mean, uh, my good buddy uh, Colin Cloud is doing the whole Sherlock approach to it these days, and uh, he's finding a ton of success with that, and it's it fits his persona and what to school with and i mean there's there's different flavors so that it's not just a catch-all like uh what people think might be a mentalist you know i mean even uh the latest uh magic movies uh what was it woody harrelson played a very different type of mentalist than i think we've ever seen before uh which is uh always a fascinating to see how hollywood sees us and what we do <laughs> but. Now, now do you get I think most of us, if we've been out performing, I know I've I've had this happen to me once or twice. But I think with stage magic and declared magic, you're a little safer these days. Do how, how many people are convinced that you have quote unquote the powers, the gift, are touched by the devil, mm-hmm. whatever it is? I mean, do do you come across that? You think more for well, that's that, that's the allure of mentalism though is you kind of have to walk that line that's why when i mean we can get into the whole debate about magic versus mentalism and whether magicians should do if they should do mentalism tricks or or performances or uh if when a magician performs is is it automatically mental magic i mean these are i that might as well be as long of a discussion as whether or not you should have a disclaimer. I mean, these are like topics that come up again and again in this field uh, that are long and we don't have enough time to get into all of the, the different angles of the debate. But, uh, but I mean, it's, 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 it's just, again, how you portray yourself and what you're trying to give off. Like for me, it's not about me reading people's minds per se. My goal is when I come on stage is I want everyone to have a good time. Uh, they happen to see some amazing things, but uh, at the end of the day, 
hopefully throughout my show, because I do use disclaimers, they don't believe that I actually have supernatural powers, because I say that many times, but there's going to be people that leave thinking that anyway, no matter how many times you tell them that, <laughs> because they want to believe. Uh, but then uh, there's other people that are seeing it, and they're like, this is all tricks, this is... No, uh, there's no actual psychology. There's no, you know, it's all all just uh, BS. Uh, and they they can go out thinking that as well. But I, it's it's I think what people separate why a lot of people say mentalism is the adult form of magic is because people want to believe. They want they want to kind of see this of of all the supposed powers that magicians and mentalists portray the the ability to read minds or tell the future seems the most plausible uh rather than something instantly vanishing or levitating or or whatnot uh, although <laughs> if we want to get into quantum physics and the floating uh suspensions and all that nerdy stuff we can get it there too but <laughs> uh, as as a former <laughs> physics major <laughs> I, I like to throw around something that, that a physics teacher once, well, a physics professor once said. He's like, as soon as anybody starts to explain things with quantum physics, <laughs> you know it's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> quantum but, entanglement and all that stuff. It's fascinating stuff. But, 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 and now I have to bleep myself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> believe, it or, believe it or not, we are actually to the break. So oh, wow. let's, let's take bad. a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about you and your choices, and why you're a mind reader and not a mentalist, and see if it has anything <laughs> to do with the TV show. This is Michael reminding you once again to support your local no kill animal shelter. My own family has had a rescue, uh, part Chihuahua, part miniature pincher, maybe for years, named Paco, the uh, microphone shy Chihuahua mix, but. Uh, even though he disappointed us last year by not barking into the microphone, he is still a beloved part of our family, and uh, you can find a friend like that or help other families find uh, th their new members at your local no-kill animal shelter. And let's see if this year we can get Paco to bark for us. Paco, Paco, you want to bark? Tell everybody to support their animal shelter. There you go. Paco and Michael say support your local no-kill animal shelter. Now back to the Magic Week in Review. iTricks.com And we're back here with Eric Dittleman, mind reader. Mind reader. Not, Hello, yes. Yes. Now, now going to the break, I, I was joking about the television show, but um, creating a character, uh, whether mm -hmm. you are a magician, comedian, you know, uh, any kind of solo performer and, and beyond that because honestly singers and, and such have this too but creating a character is important so why did you pick mind reader because um you know and are you afraid of like then are people expecting you to wear a turban <laughs> are we getting in <laughs> like that kind of a realm you know so so if you will kind of explain your your not your justification or your, but but you know your thought process for for like how did you brand Diddleman? Um, well, again, it's all about wanting to portray me to the fullest extent, uh, first of all. So, like, uh, I think 
there's a little bit of, uh, you know, kind of baggage that comes with the term mentalist. It's kind of got, yeah, one, you did mention the TV show, so people already have a preconceived notion of what they think a mentalist could be or should be. Uh, but it's also got a little bit of, like, air and prestige and, like, kind of like, I might know more than you or, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, that little air of hoity-toityness that doesn't necessarily fit my persona. I mean, I'm happy when people, like, if they want to bill me as a mentalist, that's fine. But uh, I do prefer Mind Reader because it just kind of gets to the point and it's a little bit more fun. People know exactly what they're there to see. Uh, a lot of people, even with the TV show, don't know what a mentalist is or what it does. And a lot of them, especially if you're over in the UK, it means something totally different. <laughs> that you're, uh, you know, you're either uh, crazy or a little handicapped or or. or that's probably not even the right word, <laughs> which is why I avoid that. <laughs> but uh, but just with me, the branding is about uh, you know a fun loving guy that just is there to have fun. Uh, you know, kind of a nerdy dude. Um, a lot of my promo is kind of like the thought bubble cartoony style, so it just kind of fit with uh, with what I was doing. Um, and were you using Mind Reader like before the television show, or because I gotta imagine if you were a mentalist. And that television show came out, that screwed up the internet for you. Uh, <laughs> seriously, no, I, I, I mean, that's a consideration, yeah. you know? Yeah. I never, no, I never really used that term at all. Uh, you know, I was, uh, I had, <laughs> we don't have to go into this, but, uh, I, I, you know, everyone makes stupid mistakes when they're first starting out. I uh, actually billed myself really dumbly as a mind entertainer for a while, which just was so dumb. But uh, the, 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 the thought process behind it, I guess, at the time was that I was an entertainer first, and I happened to just use my mind to do that. Uh, but then it just got the pretentious hoity-toityness that I was trying to avoid, and people didn't know what the hell that meant. So, uh, you know, that's when I kind of came to my senses and went as a mind reader. Uh, and I think I've taken down all my promo and old videos that had that terrible term <laughs> on it. So, um, but yeah, no, that's why uh, Mind Reader is just to the point. People know what you get, and uh, yeah, yeah, uh, and that's I mean, and that's what branding is, you know, and, and that that's mm -hmm. that's an important thing, and because honestly, you are. We all have to be honest with ourselves as performers, you know. Mm -hmm. um, we have to we have to say, you know, if you're going to do an illusion show, are you going to be able to do Vegas style illusions when, you know, it's like you and you're five two and you're balding and your assistant's your wife who took dance classes when she was 13, 30 years ago. <laughs> like, let's be realistic about what's going on, you know? And that, that's an easy example because you, mm -hmm. you see, mm -hmm. you know, we see that. Or right. We see the guy who goes out and he's trying to cut that, like, David Blaine, you know, image, and you're like, no, we're not, we're not buying, <laughs> we're not buying this right. at all, man. You know, um, and 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 it's and it's a it's a it's a it's a joke. I tell, I told my girls the other day, um, that uh, my grandmother did did pass away and it was the funeral and all that, and and she was a she's from the boot heel of Missouri, all right, uh, Southern Missouri. She loves the Gaither style gospel music. If you're familiar with that. The, the, mm -hmm. the gospel music Branson was built on. And yeah. there were videos of that playing while she was while she was ill. And and, and uh, my, my daughters came out and they're like, when, when is that? When is that video from? And we're like, 
oh, just a couple of years ago. And she, are you sure the way they're dressed? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I told my daughters, I'm like, there's a store in Branson where only illusionists and white gospel singers <laughs> shop. Right. And they buy their suits from sure. from 35 years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. but but you know, let, we have to be honest. We ha- we have to find that that niche for ourselves. Well, that's know? that's any performing though is uh, ideally when you want to get out on stage you try and highlight the parts of you that resonate you know uh, with your performance persona uh you know a lot of performers say it's just a heightened version of themselves and they uh exaggerate the things that they uh, they want the audience to see and downplay the things that they don't want them to see uh and it and it's finding you know i think uh, what's most pure and honest to being yourself. Uh, I mean, a lot of people say uh, the only reason people come to see live theater anyway is just to stare at another human being uh, and see how they interact uh, and, 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 and live as another human. Uh, so you have to be true to yourself and see what you're doing and, uh, and, and, and just find what works for you. you you're Not- inside my mind. You hit my pet <laughs> peeve. Uh, I, hate, I hate that heightened version of myself. Really? version of my yeah i too it's it's like no batman is a heightened version of bruce wayne we're still guys doing magic tricks you know? it's like, that's, that's well what... I, but by that i mean just you're 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 yourself when right, you perform right. you're yourself and you're 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 exaggerating the things that you want people to see so i'm a little bit more nerdier maybe more goofier than i normally am uh than i uh you know in everyday life life rather but then you and, did um, drop those physics references earlier that's right exactly <laughs> but so it's but it's it's all still part of me that's the thing and uh i marvel at the people that can become a totally different character and still create that same honesty with that character when it's totally different than their normal selves and that's that's just good acting <laughs> which uh which is fascinating to me as well you know i i I had an experience. I've talked about doing this before. It's a, a few years ago, I stopped performing entirely because of health issues, and I'm back to it now, and that's not worth getting into. But before I stopped, I uh, I started working as Santa Claus, and I did that a couple years, and I did it completely. I've told the story on here. Completely by accident, somebody called up and wanted me to do it, and so I threw out an outrageous price because I didn't want to do it, and they said <laughs> yes, and they said, in <laughs> fact, I think my neighbors would would like to just go ahead. I'm going to book you for them too. <laughs> Not realizing that I was talking to one of the wealthier families in St. Louis. Sure. Um, I was like, "What?" So, so I started doing Santa Claus, and I have been a kind of the the the, the stand up walking close up magician. I used to run movie theaters. I would do magic in the lobbies of my movie theaters uh, when films were running over and things like that. Uh, I, I did stuff to promote martial arts school. So I've done the Ren Faire and that kind of crap and all, mm-hmm. but I've mm-hmm. never really done any acting. And when you're Santa Claus, cause I did not go and do a show where it was Santa, the magician. I went and I was Santa Claus for kids at these family, large family parties and used magic to accentuate Santa. Now, granted, Santa is one of your easier characters out there. Sure. People know Santa. But I was surprised at how nice, not even easy necessarily, because I won't say it was easy, but how nice it was to not try to be that quote-unquote heightened version of yourself 
I prefer, by the way, the term more likable version of yourself because that's usually <laughs> what it really is. But um, but to be somebody completely different was huh. was very uh, like I said, it wasn't easy, but it was it was liberating in a way, and it was it was really nice to kind of you know have to put yourself out and be something completely different, and it, and it freed me in a way to do things that that. Not only because it was, you know, Christmas kind of stuff, but things I would never have done as a Right. Person. And it but actually he... opened me to doing children's magic because before that I always worked incredibly dirty uh, most of the time and, you know, and, and would work in bars and things. So, you know, it, it's it, – there's something to be said to just letting go of yourself I think too. Right. Well, I'm, I'm, uh, I guess I want to see, uh, kind of pick at what you think a heightened version of, you know, what that term means. Cause, you know, I'm not talking about like, uh, you know, uh, like cartoony or over the top or anything like that. I think it's, 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 it's still at the heart of it, just kind of, kind of playing truthfully. I mean, even as when you play as a character, you got to find moments that are true, and it's filtered through your own experiences and your truths like that. Uh, so I, I mean, even even in the like the hardest, most different characters, uh, and all the major actors talk about this too, is they find you know that relatability that you know of the experiences they've had. So they they're still themselves in there and reacting uh, as they would just through the character's filter. So I think. <laughs> That's kind of what it all comes down to is I think people want to see that honesty and that honest truth. And, uh, you know, if I went out there and became a character that did not gel with what I look like or who I am, I think there would be a real disconnect and the audience would not uh, have the responses that I, you know, get now with, you know, being, I'll use the term, that that you don't like the heightened version of myself that I am on stage because it is relatable and it's and it's true to me. There's a there's a coherence. There's a you know um, it meshes uh, and 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 that's the thing. Might one of my big pet peeves is seeing performers who are trying to do something else that isn't them, uh, and because they're trying to either copy someone else that they saw or go up to an ideal that that they're they just don't have that lens to you know step outside of. <laughs> realize what they are and who they are uh and it just feel it just falls flat and it feels fake and it doesn't you know resonate with me as an audience member and, and i can it almost comes off as trying too hard and well, uh i think that's the that's the that's the issue is you know no no i, I when, hear, when you are yourself you're you're you know it comes naturally I, and that's I, the thing I, it's naturalism i i agree with you i, th- I think where 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 the heightened the, the the heightened phrase bothers me because the self I am down with. And yeah. like I said, I, I tend to tell people that try to just be a more likable version of yourself because right, right, so many people that I've heard use that phrase personally, mm-hmm. it, it, it they also – they're those performers who have that – and I, I – there might be people listening who are like, oh, man, I think I know who he's talking about. It's me because uh, I've used that phrase with him. But there's that that smugness. That 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 they because they are the performer they are the magician that they that's what elevates them over you and and that's where I I notice performers okay, I, who, I, who I like that what... like that term and so I hate that term. Okay, well, well, that 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 might be a different uh, version of the term heightened, where they think that 
or above of you and it's a height and status type of thing. But if you're a smug person and you're a heightened version of yourself, you're going to extend those smug smugness parts of you. Uh, for me, if I'm a heightened version of myself, I don't think I'm a smug person. You're not going to get that smugness from me. And I think that's that might be the issue. Is no, yeah, <laughs> you're yeah, just no. seeing I, I, you're seeing that heightened version of those the traits that don't necessarily gel with you uh, with certain performers. But it is still them. It right, is part of them. Right, right. That's why I say like like I like I like to t- like try to be a more likable version of you. Even if you're like like even if you're not a I'm kind of a a hole at times. I realize that. I, I you know. Um, that's and, that's but, fine. I think I would like to see that more. Uh, but but even if, that brought out. In the... But even if you're well, I'm, <laughs> that's a whole. You know, that's a that's a whole thing too. You know, I mean, I I used to that, I, I used to be an MMA l- fighter, so I am a little bit imposing at times. You know, and it's like I I have to be aware of that. But but even if you're a likable person, you know, I, I, it doesn't mean that you're a jerk in real life. I just I you know I prefer people kind of kind of look at things and saying like what can i do to be attractive as a performer as opposed to like i said to me heightened is a trap but we're getting all inside the actor studio which is no i love this crazy. stuff that, i this think is, this is the real key is uh and, and, it's, and it's stuff that people don't talk talk to uh a lot about especially in this field i mean we're so concerned with methods and the you know what tricks to do. If uh, I can just buy this, my them. career will change. If I can <laughs> yes. just get this, if I could just get three white tigers and a trick cage, <laughs> boom! But uh, yeah. but it is. It's all about how you present yourself and the subtext you're giving off. And I mean, I would love to see a performer that was more of an a hole, as you said about yourself, and they bring that to the stage because it adds texture and it makes uh, you know original characters that are different, so that we're not just getting clones of all the same type of performer over and over again. Um, and I think that becomes the problem and why a lot of the times when someone's like, oh, I'll just hire a magician, they don't care who it is because it's just, you know, all magicians in their mind are the same because they start to blend together. And I think the more we can do to individualize ourselves and, uh, you know, make ourselves, oh, I want, you know, this particular performer because of the way he performs performs it versus just any performer then it's going to be better for everyone and i and i think uh you know that's that's something to strive for um i mean when you see a comedian and you say a a planner books a comedian they're not like oh we had a comedian already this year you know we can't book any more comedians but that happens way too often in magic and mentalism it's like oh we've seen the magician we had a magician this year we've seen them all and and that's something that i continually try to fight against uh, you know, I want them to hire Diddleman, not just a mind reader. <laughs> right, right. Now we're we're totally up against it. And see, this is what I was telling you. Like, we could go on and we could <laughs> yeah. argue theory and stuff. And, sure. and and by the way, if you haven't, you know, go back and check out some of the really original pre Night Court Harry Anderson. If you want to see an a hole magician, <laughs> it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, uh, I, I mean, if you haven't watched it in a while, dig it up because. It's surprising how brilliant, you know, and how current it, it is today. But all that aside, we got to wrap it up. I would be completely sure, remiss sure. if I didn't ask you. I mean, we touched on it barely. AGT, <laughs> blessing, curse, thing of beauty. Uh, how does how does that go down, man? Like, 
Yeah, yeah. I'll give you the uh, the shortened version. Uh, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people may have heard me speak about this in other places, but um, for me, I mean, when it, it worked out for me, man, <laughs> and I know that's not everyone's uh, the case for everyone else uh, necessarily, but um, you know, I went in with very low expectations, uh, which is advice I give to anyone trying out is like don't expect anything to come from it uh i did it really you know out of necessity i you know was scraping by trying to get gigs and i was like maybe a tv credit will help so i was hoping for that but even if i never made it to air i was happy just to have the experience of auditioning because i know the more you know chances you take you know the more that will hit but um you know all i just wanted wanted to get to air and i did and i got more than that i got a full like huge segment in the first round and they liked me and put me through and you know so I was happy after the first round was over <laughs> everything after that was just icing on the cake for me so uh you know at that point I was just like all right how do we keep it going for as long as possible but because I already set out and accomplished my goals I was happy being eliminated at any point throughout the rest of the competition and uh and I know when um you know when that uh, who I'm good friends with, Matt Franco, went on and won the whole thing. Uh, he had the same approach. I told him, you know, just go in and, uh, you know, don't expect much. And I think the people that, you know, get a little bit too caught up in it and, um, you know, go in thinking they're the best and they're going to win are the ones that end up getting disappointed. And, I mean, there, we could talk about all the other different elements of, you know, knowing how to work with the producers and that you realizing that it's it's a TV show first and a competition second and all they're trying to do is put on the best TV show. So they have an idea of how they want to present you and you have an idea of how you want to present you and ideally those line up but not necessarily uh, you could be filling a specific uh, role of how or narrative that they want to portray. And, you know, I was happy with um, them portraying me any way they wanted to because again i just wanted that clip and i if they made me look like a jerk or just some idiot that duct tapes his face shut then i knew i could edit that and uh <laughs> make it look better on my end for promotional materials but luckily that didn't happen and they were pretty much on board and especially never having a mind reader before i kind of helped them dictate you know what i wanted to present and I didn't get really any pushback from any of the producers and can kind of call my own shots, which, you know, ended up helping, helping <laughs> my whole experience. Yeah. And, cons- and and since you're not like jumping motorcycles through flaming hoops and stuff, one would think you would have one of the easier acts to deal with. Uh, well, no, the actual, the biggest obstacle was time. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh. I remember, I mean, the shortest thing in my actual stage show is maybe five minutes. And when you get 90 seconds, like I was like, how do I do that? My blindfold uh, routine in my stage show is 12 minutes. And uh, I cut it down for the auditions to 90 seconds and had a lot of things, you know, pre-placed to, for the judges and just to save time. And I cut out all the jokes and all the uh, all the personality. Uh, and um, be- luckily, because that first round is pre-taped, the, ju- uh, the producers kind of saw what that was going to look like and didn't want it to look set up and didn't want it to look like the judges were in it on it. So they said, you know, that time limit, um, don't worry about it so much, uh, you know, because they could always edit it in post uh, to cut it down. But uh, so at that point, I added all the jokes and personality back in and, uh, you know, had a lot more fun with it, uh, which I think uh, helped kind of, uh, you know, help me throughout the rest of the uh, the rest of the process. <laughs> awesome! Awesome. So, so yeah. you're you're not full of NBC horror stories. 
they, no, no. they didn't rob you of your music or suck the no. soul out of you or any well, of that good stuff. Well, that's, that's the one thing I will tell anyone who's auditioning is one, again, lower your expectations. Don't expect much to happen. I mean, it was just lucky that I even got to appear in front of the uh, first round, the producer round, before you even see the judges. But the other thing, too, is like, uh, don't pitch anything you're not willing to do. I know a lot of the singers do that. They like pitch five songs and then the producers will pick which one they think will be the best for, you know, for them. And I honestly do think the producers are trying to help you out. They're not trying to choose the worst song or anything like that if you're a singer. But like for me, I pitched maybe three things per round, but they were all things I ended up doing on the show. And I didn't pitch anything that I wasn't going to want to do. So uh, if you pitch something you don't want to do, they might select that and tell you you're going to do it. So. <laughs> That's the uh, that's the advice I have. All right, now, like I said, we're running out of time. We're really yeah. trying to, to stick close <laughs> to thirty, and I know we're over that. So, uh, besides thanking you, uh, mm-hmm. finally getting you on the show, which is awesome. It's been a lot of fun to talk to you. Where can all the iTricksters catch up with Eric Dittleman? Yeah, my uh, my website, ericdittleman.com. You can check out dates. I try and keep that up to date as much as possible. Uh, all the social medias, you can find me at E. Dittleman. That's D-I-T-T-E-L-M-A-N on the Twitter, the Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. Uh, yeah, and um, you know, I'm trying to do more public dates. I do a lot of private and colleges and stuff like that aren't necessarily open to the public, but I'm trying to do more of that. Uh, for people who want to come out and see me live and uh, hopefully some of these projects I'm working on coming up will come to fruition and will allow more of that more for me to be seen uh, to the general public awesome well once again thank you for being on the show it it was a lot of fun talking to you it was a lot of fun having our first mind reader on I am a little disappointed (laughs) that you didn't just know what I was going to say and do the show yourself. Oh, I could have watched. I did, cartoons. but it's polite to ask. Uh, I, see, I see. You do have. To, I guess you have to walk that line. Like you know, I can't freak people sure. out all the time with my amazing powers. Uh, uh, but uh, Eric, thanks for being on. Everybody out yeah, there, thanks for having me. No problem, man. It, yeah, it only took a year and a half. This is <laughs> easy. Well, let's get you in for uh, late. 2018 right now (laughs) everybody else out there all you iTricksters thanks for listening and until next time uh, for everything happening in the world of magic just drop by iTricks.com